0: Mitch Ping's mind. We're back again. We're going to dig deep into Michael's mind tonight. Uh, The Mojo Master High Performance Mindset Coach. Um, Yeah, sort of take it away. What do you sort of do? What's your mission? Because I love that little banner, add your purpose of the business.
1: Look, we just help people to kick ass in life. It's really that simple. kick ass, yeah. We just help people create a kick ass life, both personally and professionally.
0: Yeah. And I love that. And that sums it up so perfectly because... I first sort of came to one of your courses six weeks ago, Thrive Time, the greatest event on the planet, and I was being such a nice guy, and I wanted to kick ass, I just didn't know how to do it, and, well, I knew how to do it, I just didn't want to, I wanted to be nice, and I didn't want to, like, annoy anyone, and then I came to your event, and I'm like, oh, this dude's awesome, and he tells people how it is, like, he's a bit of an asshole. But I want to be a bit of an arsehole so I can drive a fucking supercar because that's awesome. I, I, I'll take that any day. <laughs> um, so let's get, let's try and um, give a quick sort of summary to what the values are because pretty much a lot of things come back to the values, purpose, mission mm-hmm. without taking over the whole podcast on values because I know we can talk about that all for like a week yeah. <laughs> what is like the quick summary to like, why are most people not feeling fulfilled in life
1: okay well just firstly on the asshole part it's not about being an asshole, but it's about owning that part of yourself because if you're afraid to set boundaries people take advantage of you and then you're just going to be you're either going to be an asshole to them or you're going to be an asshole to yourself so you know it's not it's not about going out to the world and just being an asshole. it just yes. means that you set boundaries and sometimes people cross those boundaries and you've got to hold them accountable. You've got to say things how they are and you've got to stand up for yourself. But then there are other times as well where you know, you've know you got to work with people and make sure that there's fair value exchange and that their boundaries aren't crossed and your boundaries aren't crossed. And that comes through good communication. But trying to be a nice a nice person or a nice guy all the time is the fastest way to destroy being nice. Yeah, it's not about being nice, but it's not about being an asshole. It's just about you know, you've got a life to live and you've got to set boundaries and you've got to follow your own dreams and do your own things. And sometimes if you don't set boundaries because you're trying to be kind to everybody, people cross those boundaries and then you've got to decide, do I reinforce those boundaries and then they perceive me as being an asshole because I'm saying, hey, look, you cross a line and I think that that's not a line that I want to have crossed again. Or... Do you then beat the shit out of yourself and go, I'm not getting what I want in life. They should fucking know. They should act nice. And then all that happens is like most people do in society, they flip out and then they become overkind and they flip out and being overkind instead of just establishing what the boundaries are, you know, and why things are important to you. You know, I'm not here to, in my own life, I'm not here to destroy my life to make everyone else happy, but I don't expect that other people should destroy their life to make me happy either. I'm responsible for my own life. I just want to do my thing and that's really what it comes down to and sometimes if you're afraid of people judging you you're not going to set boundaries and you're not going to create accountabilities and things like that you've just got to you know you just you're here to do your thing and that's really what it comes down to but uh, values (laughs) all right let's finish it there that was awesome yeah (laughs) that's uh, a better way of saying an asshole yeah go on but yeah but i I can be an asshole yeah i can be a nice person too it just depends it depends on how how you know we establish boundaries and how our relationship moves forward you know if if you do shit that I don't appreciate, I'm probably going to be an asshole. But at the same time, if you do things that help me to fulfill my values and live things that are important to me, I'm probably going to be a nice guy too. And I, th- I think any human being that pretends that they're not an asshole is probably an asshole. Okay? And if not an asshole to others, they're an asshole to themselves. Um, yeah. So uh, value system anyway. Values, when you look at it and you go and study values, the study of values comes down to a field of study called axiology. And axiology is part of they're two different, there's, there's two ideas behind axiology. One is value system or value and value, our value is the study of economics. So you're most valuable when you live your values. Now, then there's the philosophical study of values and that comes down to how can I live a great life that's fulfilling for me? And that is more of a philosophical journey. So it's values are both philosophical and economical. Now, what most people think of values are based around psychology or sociology and their social idealisms, their morals and ethics. And things that are moral values are things like kindness and honor and respect. But the question is, what does that mean? How do we actually perceive that someone's being kind? And that comes through our value system. So for me, one of my highest values learning, I think that it's ethical and moral to learn more and to consistently learn. Now, for someone who has a high value in health, they'll see that it's immoral in life to treat your body like shit because to them, health is important. But values are something that's a physical, tangible thing that we're trying to achieve within our own life. So honor and respect and kindness are just social idealism, social norms. Everyone wants them. You know, I've never met a person who wakes up in the morning and says, I want people to treat me like shit. They wake up and say, you know, I hope people are kind to me. I hope people honor me. I hope people respect me. But every human being on the planet wants that same thing. So it's not really a value. But most of our society has been conditioned to think that it is. Okay, And that's why most people never live up to their own expectations or have a fulfilling life. That's why they have emotional volatilities and so on. Because they're just not living what's true to them. They're trying to be something to everybody else. Yeah. Instead of being something to themselves. The only way you can be something to yourself is by living
0: what's true to you and that's your values. Yeah. Yep. What's that saying? You can't be everyone, everything to everyone. You have to be... What is it? You have to be something for someone. You have to be something for someone. There you go. So getting in deep, jumping in the deep end with this very loaded question. So I can, Mm -hmm. I'll just ask you this question then we'll finish the podcast after that because it'll be two hours later. What's the most amount of growth you've ever had in one year? So like put a percentage of it, percentage on it. And then when that evolved by X amount of percentage, what else devolved by that percentage? Uh I couldn't tell you. Like that's, that's, I mean,
1: that again is, I guess a philosophical question. Cause I couldn't tell you, I mean, look every year I want to optimize my growth and by op- optimizing my growth, I'm trying to find what areas of my life aren't growing. And then I want to try and optimize that. So this year, an area that's important to optimize my growth in is my intimate relationship. And so this year I've put a little bit more focus on that. Um, and so That's important because I got married last year um, and that's something that I wanted to work on more and and spend a little bit more time with my wife. Um, But another area that I wanted to work on this year is to grow our business again. Um, It flatlined a little bit last year because we're putting in a lot of systems and processes and structure. And this year I wanted to grow financially again. So that's an area that I've focused on. But in saying that, that comes uh, putting more time and energy and effort into the business comes at an expense of spending time with family. So the growth in my family dynamic may not evolve as fast as what that other area but I'm trying to evolve all areas fast as fast as I can but you can only focus on one thing at once so I just really set three key areas of focus every year and then I focus on that and I go hard at it and I try to not destroy other areas of my life but I try to keep them sort of moving in the right direction yeah. while I'm putting a lot of energy into the other one and that's, that's really what it comes down to and the other area this year that was important for me is my health and vitality So I just spent a lot more time, a lot more energy and um, yeah, just trying to look after myself a bit better this year because with the amount of events that I do and the amount of tours that I do, um, the amount of travel, it takes its cost physically. Um, And because of that, I, I just didn't want to start to burn out or feel exhausted. I want to work harder as I get older and I want to have more vitality, not less. Whereas most people, they get older and they go, well, it's because I'm getting old No, it's because you decided to make different decisions. And when you were younger, you were lucky enough to be able to make decisions where you could treat your body like shit and get away with it. Now, as you get older, you can't treat your body like shit and get away with it. There's a cost. And so I look at my life now and I'm more energetic than what I was 21. 21, no, 21, 22. I was diagnosed with chronic fatigue. So now I have more energy. (laughs) Yeah, well, now now I've got more energy and vitality than what I had back at 21. Yet most people go, I'm getting old. And I had friends that I grew up with who are now talking about their back pain and their leg pain and why their body's disintegrating. And I'm going, I feel better than what I ever have. I sleep less than what I ever have. I work harder than what I ever have. I'm more vibrant and vital and I've got better relationships than what I've ever had. But that's because I don't believe there is an aging process, but I don't believe that people's physical pain is because they're old. I believe that their physical pain is that they had pain and then they avoid dealing with it in the right way. And they're always looking for shortcuts. And because of that, the limitation becomes the way that they live and they keep they keep living life based on limitations instead of pushing through uh, pushing through those limitations the same thing financially most people here a financial limitation they go well it's just cuz i can't earn any more money that's bullshit there are people out there that i mean warren buffett makes more and more money every year he's, he just turned 89 i think he just turned 89 you know he's one of the richest people on the planet he still makes fucking money and he says i skip to work every day he's 89 and still working Because he doesn't give a fuck about the money. He cares about what he's trying to achieve in his life. He has a reason. And most people don't have a reason. They don't have a reason to get out of bed in the morning. They just go to work because it's a job. Then they get paid and they go, well, I just need to pay for my house and I pay for my car. And that's what I do. And I got to put the kids. And they don't even think, why the fuck am I doing all this stuff? What's important to me? What am I trying to achieve? At the end of today, I'm a day closer to dying. So did I live a life today or am I just doing shit for the sake of doing it? And most people live that way because that's the way that most of society has been conditioned. I think that that's bullshit. You know, I was a kid who was put in special classes. You know, I was fat and overweight as a kid. I had bright red hair and freckles and used to get picked on all the time. And I use that as a tool to drive me, not as a tool to define me. Most people, when they get challenged in life, use that reason as a way to define themselves instead of a way to push themselves to greater heights. It's really what it comes down to. So... You know, I, in response to your question, I don't really know. I'm trying to keep all areas consistently expanding, but some areas I focus on more than others. Right. Yep. Okay.
0: How do you prioritize those areas? Like when you sit down and you're like, okay, family needs, prioritizing, What? how do you segment those into like number one, two, three?
1: Um, that's a really good question. What I do is of So my value system, my highest value is personal achievement. My second highest value is... Um, physical movement and also physical appearance so I like to have nice stuff around me and I like to look and feel good about myself so I like to have you know a clean car and because that's important to me now for some people that's not important but to me it is then I've got a third highest value of health and vitality so my energy is important and the way that, that you know I, I feel vibrant in life when I feel tired and shit I'm, I can't connect with people that way so my values dictate the way that I live. Now, I, didn't, I don't get to wake up in the morning and go, they're my values. It's just that there are th- circumstances that happen that drive my values throughout my life. And at the moment, they're the most important things to me. Then I have other things like um, business comes after that. Then um, I've got high value networks. So I love networking with other high achievers as well. That's really important to me. Then I've got wealth creation, my intimate relationship and so on. And so what I try to do is I work out how can I achieve the most in my values as fast as I possibly can. So when I run my events and seminars, in my events and seminars, I try to figure out how I can achieve as many of those values as I possibly can. So myself and my wife work together, so my intimate relationship is, is fulfilling while I'm working. I, can, I try to eat healthy while I'm at my events and when I travel. So something that's important is I set my life up to live my values when I travel, my team know that they need to send me a um, sheet of restaurants around the area that have gluten-free meals because I eat gluten-free due to intolerances and stuff. Um, But also as well, if I eat a lot of gluten, I feel shit. So I don't want to feel shit. They also know that I need to have water and I drink a lot of water at events because if not, my voice box tightens up. So what I do is I set my life up to live my values. Now, most people they just live their life but they don't set their life up for it and that happens over time like I didn't just wake up one day and go you know I'm going to run events and I need to have a team full of people and because if you do that you'll destroy the business what I had to do was go what do I need to sacrifice now in order to get to that next level and so I would sacrifice some of my health in order to grow the business and then eventually I get to a point where the business grows and I go cool it's time to look after health now and then I get to a point where I go shit I need more staff now so I need to look after the staff because then the staff look after me and they look after my health and now I almost have babysitters where one of at events my team stand at the back of the room and they go because I'm not <laughs> drinking enough water and they know that if I blow out my voice box the events are screwed so it sort of works back and forwards but you need to at first the way you prioritize life is different than when you're starting than when you, you know when you through different levels I guess um and so for me, like, I know that my relationship, um, I, I spent time talking to Jess about this because at first there was a bit of a delusion about what a relationship was and our society sets an ideal of a relationship. So the thing is, you know, we get home, we sit together, we watch a little bit of TV, we cuddle and we kiss and we talk about how great our life is and we get married and we have kids. And Well, I thought to myself, is that how I want my life to be? And I was honest. And the hardest part that I think anyone listening to this or anyone in life has to be is fucking honest with themselves. Most people don't want to do that because they're afraid of being judged. And when you're afraid of being judged, you let everyone else's expectations drive your expectations. Now, my question is then, if you base your expectations on their expectations, how do you know that their expectations, their expectations and not the expectations of others? And so we've got a society of people who go, well, that's wrong and that's right and you should do this. But they don't even know what's fucking right because they're not living what's important to them. And so most people in society run around saying you should act this way, you should be like that. But they don't even know what the fuck is right for them. And that's it's crazy. So I had to get to a point where I was comfortable with my own life. And some people go, well, you've got a high value of business. That's wrong. And I go, well, that's cool. I've got a high value of business. You have a low value of business. That doesn't make you any less of a human being than what I am. The great thing about what I've been able to figure in a lot of scientific fields is that everything balances itself out, okay? Depending on the science that you study, there's always a balance. You know, atoms have a positively charged particle and a negatively charged particle. They neutralize. Um, Then you've got, um, if you've got, I guess you could say, elements or molecules, if those elements or molecules have a charge, they create electrostatic charges that then bring them together, okay? So the positive charges, again, through electrostatic interactions uh, attract a a negatively charged or a positively charged, the opposing forces attract until they balance out. Magnets try to balance each other out. There's all these forces that are trying to balance themselves out. Now, if you've got a high value on wealth creation, someone else in society has a low value on wealth creation and they almost have an anti-value of it. So you say wealth is important, they go, wealth's not important. Well, that doesn't make them wrong. It's just they might have a high value on family and you might have a low value on family someone has a high value on health and they go what's a moral to to treat your body like shit but at the same time someone else someone else is there with a high value of health and someone has a low value of health and that's cool that's society it's creating a balance and even in a family dynamic I asked in my events who in here has a family member if you or who in here loves traveling and a heap of people put their hand up and I said do you have a family member who never travels and every person in the room who said that they love travel has a family member that doesn't like to travel So even in a family dynamic, those values are balancing themselves out. So when you realize that, you realize that people's judgments are only based and filtered on their own perceptions of what their values are, or their beliefs about what's right or wrong based on what they're trying to achieve in life. Now, if they're confused about what's important to them, they're gonna project that onto you and say, well, you shouldn't live the way that you live, but they might be completely fucking lost. And what they're saying is you should follow me, but I'm lost. Well, now what do we do? Now you've got a whole bunch of society that goes, I don't want to be judged. And a whole bunch of people that are like, well, I'm following them. And they're going, I don't fucking know where I'm going. And so most people in society, you know, like people go, my parents don't want me to do this. You know, I'm going through university. That's what my parents wanted me. How do you know your parents aren't fucking lost? So they're telling you how to live your life, but they're lost. So now you're following them. You're lost now. Awesome. Now you've got two generations of lost people. And so most of society don't really know what's right for them. What I teach people in our events isn't how to be great by what I think. I teach people how to find themselves so that then they can go and do what's great by them. And and you've seen this at our events. We have so many people of so many different fields come through, but they all have a high expectation that they want to do something great in life and they're prepared to work for it. I'm not a motivational speaker that tells people, you know, you can be happy and life's going to be easy. I'm like, you're going to have times where you're happy and times where you're unhappy. You're going to have times where you're fulfilled and times where you're unfulfilled. You're going to wake up some days and feel like shit and other days you're going to wake up fantastic because that's fucking life. But those times are going to balance them out. You want a high, high in life, you're going to have a low, low in order to counterbalance. If you create more flow in life, life's not exciting, but it's also not depressing. So it depends what you want. I want a more flowy life where I can just get shit done and do what I do every day, but it's not heaps exciting, but it's also not depressing either. I just wake up, I do what I love and I go to bed. And that's my day. Now, in saying that, your value system dictates the way that you respond emotionally to things. So if you're out of balance emotionally, you'll perceive that everyone else should live your life. Whereas I don't really care how people live. What I care about is when you come in and and you hire me as a coach or when you come to one of my events, my question then becomes what makes you great? And I'm not going to tell you how to be great because that's what most other motivational speakers do or mindset people. They go, you should act this way. But what makes me even think that I know what's right for them? So what I want to do is I want to help them to discover who they are so that they, because they're already great. They just don't know it because they're lost in the thoughts and opinions and expectations of everybody else that they've grown up in. And they go, well, Mum and dad want me to act this way and school wants me to act this way and the kid, kid at school called me fat. And this happened. And then they go to make a decision and they don't even know what's right for them anymore. They just know that when they went to make that decision, that 50 other voices and pictures of other people popped into their head and they went, shit, if I do that, what's Mum going to think? That kid at school, what are they going to think? And they're trying to prove to everybody else that they're something. But by doing that, they're nothing. Because they've lost themselves. The only way you can be something is be something to yourself. Wake up in the morning, just go, this is what I fucking love. And I don't really give a shit about what other people think. This is just what I do. And if they want to judge me, that's cool. But if they don't want to judge me, that's also cool. But really, my life's not dictated by other people's perceptions or opinions. Because I'll tell you right now that if someone else is judging and criticizing you because you do what you love and it's part of your values, that tells you a lot about them. They don't even understand themselves because they're more worried about your life than they are their own life. You know, I just worry about my own life. And by doing that, I worry about uh, what... If I can live my life and live it at a great level, I hope that I inspire other people to do something great in their life, that's it. I can't do that by walking around and being, you know, tired and lethargic and burnt out and going, to fucking hate everything in life, shit, and then going, you should live that way. Because I haven't got it, bastard. I, I just wanna do my thing and if I can do it as well, I hopefully inspire other people to go, how did you do it? And then I go, this is how I did it. And they wanna learn from me, that's pretty much it. So I don't know if that answered the question about how to prioritize your time. But the key thing is, is that the first thing that you have to do is get really clear with who you are as a person, figure out what your values are, and then find out what's important and what areas you need to grow and then grow those areas. And something that a good friend of mine, Dr. John D. Martini, said, is that any area of life that you don't empower, you'll be overpowered in. If you don't learn how to live your values and empower all the other areas of life, those areas will eventually overpower you. So if you don't look after your health, you'll get overpowered in the area of health because you get sick one day and you go to the hospital and the doctor will say well this is what you have to do and you go I don't know any better so you do it but then that doctor may not know what's best for you because you don't know what's best for you but they've got a perception of what they think and so they push it on you and sometimes people push back at doctors and they go well I don't think this is right for me and the doctor goes no you have to do it that way because that's how they've been trained now that doesn't mean that that's a bad thing it's just that you don't know how to look after your health so you need someone else to tell you how to live your health If you're not financially abundant and you don't manage your finances and your wealth, eventually someone will come and say, this is what you're worth. And that's what we call a pension. When someone comes along and says, you're only worth 200 bucks a week and pensioners turn around, they go, well, I'm worth more than that. I've worked hard for 60 years. And they go, well, but right now in our society, you're useless you're useless and and they go but I'm not useless I was productive and the government go not anymore my friend you re- you quit your job and now you're going into a stage of retirement if you don't have money you're only worth 200 bucks to us and the only reason why we're doing that is to keep you happy because if not you'll kill the government okay so it's enough to not really get anywhere and not, not enough to feel fulfilled but not enough to riot or to cause problems and that's how so you get dictated Whereas if you manage your own wealth, you get to a place where you go, you know what? I don't need the fucking government. I, I know what I'm worth and this is what I'm worth. And what I'm worth is what I own, And that's what happens. If you don't have worth in a relationship, you go into a relationship in order to find love. But that's because you don't have love. What sort of a shit person are you to go into a relationship to find love? Because, I mean, that's like going somewhere and saying, hey... I just came over for dinner because you got food and I'm fucking hungry, And Feed me. Yeah, exactly. You're needy. Yeah. That's cool. Like, I've got some friends who they go, hey, man, look, you know, I'm going through some challenges. And I go, cool, I'll look after you. But that shit runs thin pretty quickly if you keep taking from me. Yeah. So if you're in a relationship and you're needy, the only person that you're going to attract is another needy person. You both become reliant on each other to have love. And then one day that other person goes, you know what, I just feel like, you know, I, I just, I feel like I'm giving all the time and I don't feel like I get a lot back and you know, I'm going to leave. And then all of a sudden you just go, oh, I don't feel loved anymore. And then some people want to kill themselves because they feel like their their relationship gives them love. And then when the relationship deteriorates, they feel like there's no love. What about if you go in a relationship and you go, you know what? i got a lot of love to give. I'm full of this shit you can have as much as you want and they come in they go hey I've got baskets full of it as well and I have self worth and all that stuff and I've got self respect and you go no that's fucking cool and you both give each other and you enhance that love okay because you've got enough needy people attract needy people people who have stuff normally they'll attract people who have stuff as well okay and that's you just got to be careful of that because our society tells you that you need to have relationships feel loved but you're already starting on the back foot okay it's like saying you've got food and I need food, so that's why I'm in the relationship. Okay, <laughs> that's, that's it. Um, so I guess, I guess the point that I'm trying to make is I think that the best thing that I can do for a person or anybody who comes to my events and someone has to be responsible for their own life to come into my events. You know, I don't promise people that they're going to get rich. They're not going to get rich overnight. What I can tell you is I can teach you a lot of lessons to help you to become wealthy, but you're going to have to fucking work. If you don't want to work and you want to buy an a fantasy that you can make easy money and quick money, go to someone else's event because I'll see you in three years after you've made a shitload of money and lost it all because that's what most people do. That's why eight-week challenges at the gym are so attractive because if you can give me eight weeks, all I've got to do is I've treated my body like shit for 30 years <laughs> and in eight weeks, I'm going to feel great about myself and then they lose all this weight and then they go, you know what? I'm going to reward myself with food. Bang, they feel like shit again. They go, oh man, I need another, week, another eight-week challenge. What about taking 12 months and creating habit and have that habit for the rest of your life? But most people don't want that, they want the quick fix, okay? And so my events are more about creating long-term sustainable outcomes and that really comes down to what are your values, what are your purpose, what's your mission? Once you've got that, let's work on the emotional imbalances that you have to balance all the shit out and to chip away all the stuff that's not your crap. Because as a person, part of our life cycle is that we need to lose ourselves in order to spend our life finding ourselves. So we get all these ideas from everybody else that then we lose ourselves and go, I don't know who I am anymore, I need to go find that. And that's what creates our drive in order to live a great life. Um, Some people though, they lose themselves and they go, well, it's because of everybody else instead of saying, it's because of everybody else that I'm driven to actually go and achieve it, thank you for my gift. So it's the other way around, okay? Me being fat as a youngster made me healthy as an adult, okay, because I never want to be that way again. They gave me my drive, the kids that picked on me gave me my drive fucking brilliant thanks for the gift yeah you know I was a poor kid growing up at school now wealth creation is important to me Um, thanks for the gift okay that's because of that I don't I don't have any resentment towards them I think that they gave me something awesome so I'm uh, you know I'm inspired by that Um, and then once you get clear on that then you can start to work and balance out all the areas of your life so how do I spend time with my family and create a good quality relationship but not because I have to but because I enjoy it So I don't spend a lot of time with my family. Um, I travel quite a lot. What I do know, though, is that my family, I have an awesome relationship with my family because when I'm with them, I'm present. I'm not thinking about 50 million other things. And some people go, you should spend a lot of time with your family. But then when they spend time with their family, they're they're fucking going crazy because they're thinking about 40,000 other things. You know, like a lot of parents think that if they're at home with their kids, they're having family time. Well, not if you're distracted. You're thinking about work while you're at home. Are you really with the kids or is your mind somewhere else? Because you ask them, you say, what did your kids do? What did they say? And they go, I don't fucking know. Well, but I spend spend time with them every night. That makes me a good parent, right? Well, are you really spending time with them or the reason why they're going feral because they're not getting your attention and they're trying to get your attention because you're not present. They're helping you to become more aware. So... I prefer to spend quality time with my family and do it once every six weeks or eight weeks. I normally talk to my parents every, every week on the phone, um, but I don't have a craving to be around them all the time. But in saying that, I put, um, I put a lot of time into other areas that I perceive don't work as well. Like wealth creation, which works well in regards to most people. But for me, I still feel like that's got a lot of growth in it. Whereas my family, I feel they're just running on autopilot. They're cool. So it depends on how you perceive your own life. Some people perceive that their family, you know, they don't have great connections, so they're driven more to connect with family. It depends on what you perceive. Everyone's perception's different. And that's the great thing about life, is that you're different to me, you're different to me, you're different to each other. That's why you look different, but we also act and behave different. And until you learn how to believe and love your own journey, you won't believe and love other people's journey as well. And you just take it for what it is. Most of our society's not built that way though. It's built on you need to fucking change because I don't like the way you behave. And you need to change because I don't like the way you behave and you should all behave like I do because I've got my fucking life figured out. (laughs) And in most cases, that person who's trying to change you has no idea what their life is, hence why they're trying to change it. Because most people think that when they can change the outside world, it will change the inside world. It's not until you change the inside world that the outside world actually changes. And the reason why it changes isn't because it changes, it's because your perception of the outside world changes. So if you say that you can't trust anyone then you walk around believing you can't trust everyone, anyone and you go, well, when you change and when you change, then I'll feel better about life. But now I've just given all my responsibility away for my own fulfillment in life to you guys. Well, that's fucking irresponsible, isn't it? It's a shit way of living. <laughs> or I could do it the other way and say, you know, I want to change my perception of people that there are people that you can trust and there's people that you probably shouldn't trust. But I'll just take it this way, that I'm going to trust everybody until they prove me wrong. And I'm gonna put out some shit fielders sometimes in order to figure out if people are full of shit or not. And the more I get used and the more I get abused, the better those shit fielders become so the faster that I can figure that out. Now I'm just living life enjoying being around people. Okay, so it just depends on how you wanna live. Some people wanna be more responsible, some people wanna be less responsible. For every person who's really responsible for their own life, there's a person who's completely irresponsible. That's just the way society is. It, it keeps a balance. So I don't know if that answered your question about time management, but you've got to balance out things that are important to you. Okay, and, and be honest with yourself. You know, what's important to me in my life and what area do I need to grow in? That doesn't mean that just because health's important for my in my year, doesn't mean that I don't focus on other areas. It's just I know that, for instance, if I've been working flat out in the business for the last month, that I need to prioritize a date night or a relationship night because if not, the relationship's not going to be there. So I just book that in. And then there are times where my mum will ring up and say, you know, I haven't seen you around for a while. And I go, you know what, mum needs a bit of Michael time. So um, what I'm gonna do is I'm going to go and hang out with mum and dad. So I'll just pop around there and hang out with them and i book it in the calendar and i just go and hang out with them because it's important to them. My niece and nephew, if I haven't seen them for a while, just go and hang out with them or I give them a call. Okay, but in saying that, that's not the core focus of my life at the moment. Okay, and I'm, I'm fine with that. And so are my family. My family don't make me feel shit for it because they just realize that I'm doing the thing that I love just like my family do the thing that they love. And that's what inspires me about them. And they weren't always that way. I think my perception of them changed, which then changed the way that I perceive that they behave. Whether they're fulfilled or not, I don't really know. They say they To me, they look fulfilled, but I don't know. You know, So, you know, it just depends. Yeah.
0: So with that being said... Did you ever have a big oh shit moment or a few oh shit moments of like, oh my God, I can make really good money doing what I love and it doesn't matter. Like, I don't care what other people think and this is, this is what I love. Like, holy shit, it's that simple. Uh, I don't think it's that simple, but I think that,
1: I mean, your value comes down to where you're most valuable and where you're most valuable is in your values. And when I realized this, I just went, you know what, I love learning. I love teaching. So learning and teaching are a high value of mine. Also performing and being the best that I can be is important to me. Now that isn't just in one area, it's in all areas of my life. So I wanna be the best that I can in my relationship, my friendships, um, with wealth creation and so on. And I don't really wanna just focus on one area of life and just be great at that. I wanna make sure that I can manage and balance life out. And when I, when I say balance, it's my perception of balance. Because I have people who come to my events and they say, well, you know, you spend, you spend 60 hours or 70 hours a week just working. And then you spend a couple of hours at the gym or maybe an hour, hour and a half at the gym most days. Um, then you put food time and you put some sleep time in. Where do you spend time with your family? And I go, well, I, spend, I catch up with them once every, you know, six weeks or so. And they go, well, that's out of balance, isn't it? Well, that's your perception. That to me, that is in balance. That's my balance. My balance is working 50 to 60 hours a week. Most people can't do it because they don't have a high value on career or business, but I do. So for me, that's being in balance. Now, what happens again is most people run around projecting their shit onto other people and go, well, in order to have a perfectly balanced life, you need to have all these things in, in perfect symmetry. But my symmetry is different to other people's symmetry. Working 60 hours a week is perfectly balanced for me whereas some people they go fucking hell how do you not need a holiday (laughs) I go on holidays and I love traveling I go on holidays and I get out my laptop and I start working people come up and they're like aren't you on holiday and I go yeah I'm just in a different location doing what I love that's it if you're a professional athlete and you go overseas and you're on holiday and you train it's called commitment yeah You're a a business owner and you go overseas and work, and most people think you're insane because the average person works to make money. They make money so they can spend money. They spend money and now they're broke, which means they've got to work. And so they're trapped in a job they fucking hate, trying to make money so that then they can have a holiday, which they spend all their money on. (laughs) Who thinks that's crazy? And around they (laughs) go. Totally, but that's why they never really get ahead in the area of wealth creation because they're consistently making money to spend money so they can feel good about life. What about if you just feel great about what you do anyway? Then you make money and it amplifies what you do. So I I make good money and I put that money back into the business. I grow the business. I grow my friendships. I grow my relationships. I get to travel more and so on. But I don't just have, like most people think if you're a millionaire, you've got a stockpile of cash that just sits there. <laughs> but you don't. You do what everybody else does and you have a choice. Do I spend it or do I invest it somewhere else? And does that investment then work for me, which then creates more money? And if I keep doing that, eventually I create financial independence where I never have to work again, but I can choose to work if I choose to. That's it. So I've worked, I've been lucky enough to work with billionaires and I've been lucky enough. Last year I had a billion dollar client list amongst 10 clients. And even with them, they don't just have cash sitting around. I never got this. One day I was working with a, a client who was worth, um, at that stage, who was worth a couple hundred million bucks and he was under the age of 40. And um, I said, do you wanna go down and have a coffee? And he said, no, man, I'll get a coffee here. And I said, why don't you just come down and have one in the cafe? He said, I'm not spending five bucks on a coffee. <laughs> and I said, you fucking tight ass. <laughs> and he said, man, I don't have money because I spend money and waste money on shit that's not important to me. Yeah. And I went, I get it. I get it now. He doesn't perceive that coffee is important to him, so he doesn't spend money on it, but he'll go out and he'll spend money on nice clothes and a nice car because they're important to him. Now, all of us do the same thing. My sister has a high value on family. She'll spend a lot of money on her family and a lot of money on travel and a lot of money looking after the family. That's where most of their money goes. Me personally, I don't spend a lot of money on on, um, family because I don't need to. They're completely independent. And also, I don't have kids. But to me, I spend a lot of money in my business because that's important to me to grow this and what I do and get it out to the world. And so this is my important thing. And I spend a lot of money on travel, but I travel so that I can teach and so that I can work. That's where most of my travel comes from. So most of my overseas travel is for business. Okay, and I love it. But while I'm having business as well, I get to catch up with friends all around the world. We sit down, have coffees in the middle of the day. And so everyone else is working and I'm doing business, but I'm having coffees and hanging out with people that I care about. But that's my business relationships. I have a philosophy in life of, that I only do business with friends. If I don't trust you and I don't like you, then I'm not gonna do business with you. It's that simple. Cause that's bit me in the ass before. That's my shit filter so I just set my life up where I get to hang around amazing people that I love hanging out with I get awesome clients because I filter our clients out you know my social media filters out people as well in the way that I act and behave and people who go you know this guy's a wanker that's great <laughs> don't come to my fucking events thank you you filtered yourself out other people look and they go this guy's pretty cool I'm going to come to his events and normally we're like minded so therefore I get along with the people who come to our events every now and again we have a slippery little sucker that sneaks in but normally they just normally (laughs) normally I say something that offends them and then they leave anyway and and then I get you know hate mail but that's it is what it is you know I'm not here to make them happy I'm here to just do what I love to do Um, and what I love to do is to help and inspire people but some people don't see it like that they go well you should dress a certain way and you shouldn't swear and well you take it for what it is this is who I am as a person and I'm not fucking changing but I've got some good knowledge that I can teach you if you want to learn some people are more offended by my swearing than they are being offended by their own shitty life that stops, that, that stops them from growing and learning from someone who could probably help them um, some people as well they'll go to other people because I'm just not the right person or they're not ready and that's fine as well like that's cool um,
0: I don't know where I was going in that question now <laughs>
1: but you know
0: yeah I don't know. It was your your oh shit moments. Oh oh shit. When can I make, I can make a lot of money doing like, yeah. When it's that realization when like I was going to the gym training and I never thought to be a PT. And then I was like, wait, people literally pay me to count their reps and like give them weights and stuff. It's like, what people pay me for this? Like, well, people pay for everything. Yeah. So, I mean, look, society overvalues,
1: they, they overvalue money or they undervalue money and they, if someone who overvalues money they will normally undervalue it as well at the same time so people go money's not important well that's great because now they've created a perception that money's important yet they drive around for an hour trying to find the cheapest service station to put through in their car so they just <laughs> overvalued money so if, you, if you're balanced about money you go money's important but money doesn't rule my life I control money because if I don't control money money controls me so I could not tell you the f- the fuel price because I just go on. I, if I need fuel, I just drive in a oh I put yeah. fuel in the car, and I fill it up, and I fucking drive out again. Yeah. Um, if I need food, I go to the shops, I buy food, I put it on the card, and then I I go back home, because I use money for the tool that it is, and it's the exchange, or it's a fair and equitable exchange of what we perceive is valuable, which comes down to our values. So if someone doesn't perceive health is important, they're not going to pay for a PT, but someone gets paid for that. Someone looks at a painting on the wall and they go, that painting's not worth shit. It looks disgusting. And someone else comes along and goes, wow, that's an amazing piece of art. And there are artists out there who earn a million bucks for a fucking piece of art that looks like someone just grabbed a stick and just went like that and threw some shit on it. And other people go, wow, that's amazing. That's an incredible piece of abstract art. Now, that person obviously had a value and a love for that art, which is why they created it, but someone else valued it as well. And hence why they pay for it some people don't value knowledge they couldn't give a shit about even learning and so they don't come to my events but some people do which is why they pay me so no matter what it is i mean who would have thought that something that looks like a fucking tennis ball or, I don't know, could be worth money but the thing is that everything's worth money and we're always exchanging money so there's money everywhere money the world is surrounded by money because it's a fair and equitable exchange of value and if i had to say to you like if if you came into my store and said I want to buy this, and I go, well, what are you going to give me? What, like we've got to create because it took me hours to make this. It took me a week, and so I need to feed my family. And you go, well, I don't know. I got, I, I got some shoes. And I go, well, I don't want your fucking shoes. They look weird, and they don't fit me. They're too big. And you go, well, I don't know. I got a shirt, and I go, I don't, that shirt's not going to fit me. I don't wear that shit. How hard is it trying to exchange, you know, our services? So what we do is we go, here's a medium. And the medium's money. If you go and do your PT, you make money, and then you want to come and learn from me. And I go, cool. Well, I need some money as well because I got to pay for flights and accommodation and travel and all that stuff. So if you give me money, I'll give you some of my knowledge, and then I use that money again and I do it in my values. Now, if people just perceive that money was a fair exchange of value, eventually it'll get. I mean, if the world was per, uh, when I say perfect, it is perfect because it's the way that it is to help people to grow. But if the world was the perfect ideal way with money, people just work and live their values and then we would exchange money based on those value systems and then that's it. It's really that simple. And money is just a piece of paper as an idea. That's it. It's an idea. It's an abstract idea about what things are, what things are valuable. My mum, if I said that I went down every day and I bought two to three coffees every day and they were five bucks, my mum would go, are you fucking stupid? Why would anyone pay five dollars for a coffee when I can make a Nescafe gold at home? And I go, I would not drink that shit. I could not perceive why someone would pay eight bucks for a container of instant coffee. Because to me, that's like drinking disgustingness in a cup. (laughs) But for her, she doesn't have a high value on that stuff, whereas I do. So I pay that money because I value it. She doesn't value it, which is why she doesn't pay for it. So it's just an abstract idea of what we value. Some people think that a million dollars is a lot of money and some people think that a million dollars is nothing. I mean, if you're Warren Buffett and worth like whatever he's worth now, 100, 200, 300 billion dollars, imagine what a million bucks is worth, okay? But at the same time, that's not true because he perceives that money's important. So he will perceive that a million dollars is still a million bucks. But to him, if he lost a million bucks, it would hardly rattle with me. Just go, oh well, the share, my share, my share portfolio is down by a million bucks today. That's just part of the volatility of the market. I mean, he could wipe a billion dollars off and still not even break a sweat, probably. <laughs> now, if I lost a billion dollars, I would be fucked. Like, <laughs> so it's all relative. right? it's relative to what we're used to. Okay, someone puts on, like, you might put on two percent body fat and you go shit i need to do something about it and i change because your perception of that body fat is different someone else they go you know what i I, i've only just realized that i'm overweight and you're like how many (laughs) like how many times have you have to go shopping for clothes over the last 20 years and they go well i'm not going to go about every six months because i increase the size and in your head if you're that person who's healthy you go when did that when did that ring alarm bells like why now, when after the 15th X on your shirt, <laughs> why did that ring alarm bells and the first X did Okay. But that's because they just don't have a value on their physical body like you do. So it's different. Everyone has a different perception of, of, you know, what what's important, what's not important and so on. So when we come back to what you're talking about, about realizing that I could do something that I loved, I didn't, re- I didn't have like a big aha moment. It was just starting to understand how money works and starting to understand what I love to do. And I, d- I was actually just doing what I love to do without making money anyway. And that's, I think that's important. If you work for money, you're really a hooker because you're getting screwed for cash. Well, that's what you're doing, right? You're getting shafted for cash. Um, and you know, there's nothing wrong with that, but you're getting screwed to make money. I don't perceive that that's the best, most intelligent thing that we can do in life. Why don't you figure out what you love and then go do that? And if you're gonna be the best at it, you're gonna be one of those 5% who make a lot of money. And the top of any field, the top 5% make 95% of all the wealth. So the top PTs in the world earn 95% of probably all the wealth in the PT industry. And they'll be the millionaires, the multi-millionaires and so on. And then most other trainers are like, fuck, how do I get my next $45 an hour client? Mm. Okay the top people in my industry you know I'm probably up there in this country with what I earn Um, and not that like I said I don't stockpile cash but the business makes good money and so on and I get to live a lifestyle that I love to make but that's because I'm 100% dedicated and I spend 60 hours a week for the last 8 or 9 years doing this shit I've got to be bound, bound to be good at it and I don't try to avoid it I don't go well one day if I make more money then I'll be happy I go I'm fucking happy with or without the money I started this with no money okay I sold my car just so I had I had a. Um, originally, I, I, I mean, I've always loved cars, but I sold all my cars and drove around in Jess's 2003 Hyundai Gets just so that we could keep the business afloat because I went, this is important to me. I gave up everything to do this. And that's why it frustrates me when people come along and they say, oh, you're lucky now because you've got this and you've got that. I had the first year of business, I made 30,000 bucks. The second year, I made 30,000 bucks. The third year, we made 80,000 bucks. And the fourth year, we made $1.2 million. It was four fucking years of going, shit, I don't even know how we're going to survive. My wife's, my now wife is crying every night, going, i got to go back to work. I can't, I, I don't have a job. And I'm going, fuck, we've got to eat baked beans and eggs again because we don't really have a lot of money. And we're living off of her savings account because I just had a dream and a vision. I did this when I had no money, okay? And people don't get that. They just see, they see the outcome. You know, the fat kid at school who goes to the gym and trains hard all the time, who now has a high value on their health, they just see the six pack in the abs and go, wow, you're lucky. They're not lucky. They had to start from somewhere and build it, okay? All, all most people see is the outcome. They don't see the hard work. And that's why I try to teach people my events is don't, you know, what you see is only part of what you see. I work a lot. I have stress. I have frustration. There's a whole bunch of shit that I got to deal with every week that the average person couldn't even imagine. Now, someone else who's a high, who is better in business than what I am and a higher level, they'll get it. They'll go, your problems aren't that big a deal. But if I gave my normal everyday or every day or every week problems to the average person, they'd go, I'm not fucking dealing with this. Like I'm out, because they just can't handle it. Like when you get when you get a hundred grand tax bill, most people don't even make a hundred thousand dollars, and you get a hundred grand tax bill in the tax department, say you got to pay it by the end of the month. What are you gonna do? <laughs> what are you gonna do when you don't have that in the bank? What are you gonna do? So you better figure out how to make a hundred grand in a month, or else you're fucked because the tax department are closing down the business but that's that's a challenge but when you get to another size what happens when that becomes another zero and it becomes a million dollars there are people out there who have to pay a million dollar tax bill every quarter then there are people who pay 10 million 100 million so our challenges in life are relative to the level that we're at and we will fucking have them we will have stress stress creates growth and pressure creates change it's everywhere in nature things grow because of stress and pressure things change because of stress and pressure What's the most reliable way that we can take on the most amount of stress and have the most amount of pressure without melting down, living the things that we love? I will happily take on the stress of business in order to do what I love and to do this thing. Okay. So that's really what it comes down to.
0: So it's, so it's more of a, Oh shit. I can, I would do this for no money rather than, Oh shit. I do this for money something pretty, like that
1: pretty much but it doesn't even have no shit it's just, yeah, like, it's this just is,
0: like this is what I do this is what I do this is what I do
1: you pay me more money I'm still going to do it you pay me less money I'm still going to do it like I ain't giving up because this, <laughs> this is I'm just here and that's why in nature things grow or things die or things expand or things contract so in my own life I'm just doing what I love and there'll be times where, where the thing that I love contracts a little bit but it's getting me ready to expand to the next level so life consistently expands for a little bit and then contracts a little bit if you're smart enough to grab those contractions and say, how do I grow out of this and think another way and push yourself to grow to the next level, you'll grow to the next level of expansion. You'll get, you'll get some good growth for a while and then it'll contract again. And if you shit your pants in that contraction <laughs> stage and you go, fuck, why is business like this? Or why is life going shit? Then what will happen is that you'll give up and you'll think that life's not supposed to be like that instead of that that's the challenge that's saying, are you ready to step up to the next level? Life will con- life, mother nature, God, universe, whatever you want to call whatever it is. There seems to be a consistent pattern in humankind that if we don't, if we don't get to a point of where we go, am I going to give up? Am I going to give this up to chase something else, or am I committed to this thing and you stay committed to it and try to figure it out? Then life's not going to con- and life's not going to expand to that next level. It's going to contract back to where you're at. You know, I can't just walk into the gym never having been in gym before and look at the big buff guy and go, I'm going to lift 140 kilo squat because they're doing it. I get under the weights, so I get crushed by it. But most people have this stupid delusion of like, if I win the lotto and I win like 50 million bucks, I'm going to be set in life. Essentially, you've just walked in and said, see that 500 kilogram weight on the squat rack? I've never been into a gym and I'm going to pick that fucking thing up. And most people who win, who win money will get crushed by the money. And most people don't realize that. If you go and look statistically at the percentage of people who keep the money that they win in lotto it is very 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 low and most people go yeah but if I was like that I wouldn't mm. fuck that up <laughs> okay that's cool so I was saying if I were in a high performance car and I've never really driven properly I wouldn't crash it <laughs> okay good luck with that because most people crash it and most people think they're not going to crash it that's why you got to be careful you got to be careful in life the more you achieve the more responsible you have to be so the more money you make the more responsibilities you have The more you look after your health, the more responsible you are for that health because it's easy for shit to get out of control really, really quickly. And it's easy to put on... If you're really lean, it's easy to put on weight really quickly. If you're really overweight and obese, you won't even notice it. So things can get out of control really quickly the more you achieve. Okay? The more influential you are. If you're in the media and you say one wrong thing, it goes all around the world. If you're... If you're someone who, you know, doesn't give a shit too much, doesn't have a lot of friends, doesn't really communicate with people, has no leadership skills, and you're completely racist and sexist, no one gives a fuck. But all of a sudden, you say something that could even be perceived as racist and sexist in the media, and you've got a lot of influence, that goes around the world. And now you've got to deal with, you might have to deal with, say 10 million people hating your guts and telling you on Facebook that you're a piece of shit and they hate you and they wish you'd die how are you going to handle that when one person comes up to you and says I don't like your shirt and you're like oh my god I'm offended (laughs) and you think about that for three weeks so you know as we expand we have to expand our challenges as well okay but there's more responsibilities and most people don't want responsibility they want less most people don't want more challenges they want less most people don't want to work harder. They want an easier life. Most people want uh, less stress, not more. Well, if, you're, if you want to expand, you want to achieve more, be prepared for more stress, more frustration, more responsibility, and all of those things as well because it's helping you to step up as a person. Walking into the gym and saying, you know, I want to lift light today, and then tomorrow you go, I want to lift light tomorrow. That makes you weaker over time. But most people in life go, well, I just want an easier life, and they don't realise that that's actually making them weaker and it's destroying all their results. Okay, it's really fucking simple, but most people don't think like that. You know, I wake up in the morning and I'm like, let's do this again. Like, well, yeah. let's have some fun. Let's enjoy ourselves. <laughs> let's enjoy the process of getting better by lifting the weights. If you walk into the gym, you go, I train, and that's what I do. Then you have no, you don't look at it and go, oh fuck, I got to lift heavy weights. You walk in, you're like, game on. That's how life should be. Walk in and go, game on. Okay, I want a good relationship, game on. I'm going to figure this out. Want a better mindset, game on. You know, I want better health, game on. And live life that way. Take it on as a challenge, but a fun challenge. Yeah. Okay, instead of creating fantasies and delusions that it should be easy and things should be simple and because all you're going to do is you're going to screw yourself up, okay? Because that's not the way that life... That's, <laughs> that's not the rules of the game. Life has rules. And if you don't understand those rules, you're setting yourself up to fail. And unfortunately, most people even people in the scientific field mental health psychology they set people up to fail and whether they like it or not that's what's happening and I get attacked by it but when someone says you can be positive bullshit I've never met a positive person anyone who tells you that they're positive without being negative is a liar okay they're a liar because you ask a positive person you go what do you think of negative people? And they go, oh, negative people, I don't want to be around negative people. And I go, What do you do to negative people? Because I fuck with them. What do you want to do with negative people? Oh, you know, just get them out of your environment. And you go, shit, that seems quite negative. And they're like, oh yeah, but you've got to get rid of the negative people. And I go, well, that's fucking negative, isn't it? No, nah, I'm a positive person. It's just, it's more positive. Life's more positive if you just get rid of them. And I'm like, well, it seems pretty fucking negative to me. Okay. True story, yeah. Right? Very true. Yep. So we're both positive and negative, but if we set up delusions of life, then there are a lot of people who try to be positive and they pretend that they're positive on the outside, but they're quite negative on the inside. I asked this question only recently to someone and they said, you know, positivity is important. You've got to be positive. You've got to have a positive outlook on life. And I just wrote a question. It was on Facebook and I said, why would you have to be positive unless you perceive that you are negative? Why do you want to be positive unless you perceive that you're negative? I don't want to be positive, I just want to be a balanced person. There are times that I'm positive, there's times that I'm negative. If if I'm if I don't have times where I assess risks and I look at problems and I deal with fears and I see those things for what they are, then I pretend that they're not there and then all I do is I chase fantasies or I chase things that are, you know, positive and then when they don't work out the way that I want them, then I become negative and I beat myself up. So why chase things that are only positive when if I just wake up in the morning and do the things that I love I'm going to have both sides I'm going to have things that are challenging I'm going to have things that are positive things that are negative but I expect them and then I had someone on another post que- I challenged me on it and they said well Elon Musk is a positive guy and I said how much How much have you studied about Elon Musk and they said oh man heaps and I thought I've, I've got you by the nuts my friend and I said what, what is Elon Musk driven by oh he's he's, cha- he, he's driven by changing the world and I said why is Elon Musk driven to change the world Why? Because he believes the world's going to fucking end. So isn't that very negative? The guy is so negative that he's trying to create a positive outcome for the negative world that he sees. That's what creates his drive. The guy's a genius because he perceives that the world's going to end and that human existence, as we know, is going to end. Now, that's a pretty big reason to get people on Mars, isn't it? So he's driven because he has a big fear and a big challenge. Now, an intelligent human being, I perceive in the world that there is a gap i perceive that the gap is that there are so many people out there who need to learn how to love themselves to believe in themselves to appreciate themselves to have self-respect and so on and to honor that through living the things that they love which is their values their purpose and their mission in life and it sounds very abstracty but i can get it out of every person that is ready for it um some people avoid doing it not not very many these days but some people say oh it sounds wanky but they're the same people who aren't living a fucking fulfilling life as well Yeah. Um, but in saying that in order for me to perceive that I need to help people with doing that I need to be negative enough to realize that people aren't living a great life so my perception is people aren't living a great life so I'm going to go out there and I'm going to help people live a great life now that's very negative but it's also very positive so it balances itself out now are there risks associated with running a business yes of course there is so if you have risks associated, you're smart enough to realize that there's problems and there's negatives, but also are you positive enough or are you, are you um, optimistic enough to realize that you can overcome those challenges? So you're yeah. balanced again. People who are stupid in business, they go, everything's going to be positive. Everything's going to work. We've got a great dream. We've got a great mission. We're inspired to help people. You know, we just want to get out there and take this to market. And then all of a sudden they get out there and they go, fucking hell, I never realized there's all these problems oh, this is so bad, it's so hard. And then it's almost like they get blindsided by the problems. Intelligent business people are driven by changing the world in some way because they perceive that the world's not good enough at the moment. That's their driver. At the same time, they're, they're optimistic enough to realize that they can do it. Now, that's optimism. But this goal or the driver is pessimism then an intelligent person goes there's going to be problems and obstacles but at the same time can I navigate those obstacles can I mitigate risk and am I smart enough to keep pushing myself through those challenging times which is optimistic again yeah. right so the optimism and the pessimism balances itself with an intelligent person an unintelligent person goes well it's fucked it's just the way it is and there's nothing I can do about it you know it's shit everything's fucking crap All they are all they see is the pessimism. But at the same time they get benefits out of being pessimistic because if you're like that in society, people connect with you and go, come on, life's not that bad and, and they try to convince you to be better. And some people are addicted to people helping them all the time. So they get benefit out of being fucking negative all the time. But at the same time, that's both benefit and drawback to them. There are other people out there who go, Oh man, everything's always positive, life has to be great, life has to be happy. And then they look in the mirror and they go, I still feel like shit. I still hate my life. And then they beat themselves up because they feel like they're not enough and they're not always positive because they have these negative fucking thoughts. But that's just trying to break their fantasy. It's trying to get them back into balance. Just be balanced. Be balanced. Be as, When I say balanced, be as balanced as you can be, but in the human experience itself is out of balance because our perceptions are out of balance. So, you know... I don't believe in, in positive thinking and I don't believe in negative thinking. I just believe, you know, be a bit more balanced about your thinking. You'll have times where you're negative, times where you're positive, times where you're optimistic, times where you're pessimistic. But if you just take it for what it is, you don't get attached to it. A lot of people get too attached to being negative or, or positive or being optimistic or being pessimistic or they get attached to money and think that money's everything or they get completely detached from money and just go, well, money's not fucking important and they honestly don't care about money and when they don't care about money, they don't have any. And when they don't have any, they can't expand their life because it's value exchange. You know, so, you know, I just think be a little bit sensible about it. Be a bit more balanced and a bit more calm and life will be cool.
0: Oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah. And the goal is to be balanced, but you'll never be balanced, which I love. <laughs> so, with all the challenges that you've had in business and you know other areas, but mostly in business, what was like the biggest challenge that you faced? The biggest? Oh, oh shit! Oh my god! What am I going to do? It's every fucking week. <laughs> um, look, uh,
1: I mean, look. There's there's a few. I remember. I remember when you're in business. We're in a world that's really funny, right? People watch Suits and they think they're lawyers. So oh, my God. So, the first time... I remember the first time I get a letter from a lawyer saying I had to go to court because someone was suing me. And I was like, fuck. And we, and we were in the right and we had all the right things and, and everything was documented. And I went to court and we, you know, we won the case. And it was pretty straightforward. But at the same time, the first time I ever got that lawyer's contract, I thought, oh, shit, this could go really bad. Um, and that's because, unfortunately... You, I mean, in some way, lawyers make money by either going to court or by creating contracts and things like that that freak out the average person, and that's the legal industry. What I realized, though, is that the legal industry is so imbalanced and it's really just about process. It's a process. Um, and once I got that, then that was completely calm. But I remember freaking out and losing sleep over that for fucking weeks. Wow. Um, and then after that, I mean, we've had legal letters before and things like that because it's part of business you know other businesses come in and say well you didn't deliver this and this is what happened and that and then they get lawyers and and then all of a sudden it gets sorted out and it's all fine but all all it really is is just negotiation it's the same as a conversation between family or friends it's just negotiation it just happens in lots of wordy terms it costs lots of money (laughs) Um, but that was (coughs) that was a freaky thing um but now it doesn't bother me i mean you know sometimes we get letters from lawyers and stuff like that it doesn't happen often it's not like it happens every week but when it does happen these days when if you know what you're doing you just go okay well here's what's going to happen and this is the way that's going to work and it, the thing dissolves itself um but that was scary um i think the other time was when uh there have been some points in the business where you have massive drops of cash flow and you you when you learn you make mistakes and sometimes you overspend money in certain areas and you go oh shit i overspend money and i don't have money to get that back how the fuck are we going to make money and you lose sleep over it but after a while i just realized that those money challenges just make you better with money anyway so it just helps you to grow as a person um there are other times i think some of the not oh shit moments but some of the things that i don't like doing is is firing staff but at the same time Sometimes you'll hire staff in a business because you think that they have a skill set to do the job. But when you've got a business that you believe in and that you're driven to be excellent and then you've got a staff member who's just driven to do their job and they don't really want to be excellent, they don't suit the culture. Now you have a choice, do I keep them on and do I let everyone in the culture go? Well, hang on, they get away with it. How come I can't get away with it? Like how come how come I'm driven to achieve more? And I don't know if you've ever been part of a group of people like this. But if someone starts being lazy and then they get away with being lazy, you're like, well, why am I working so hard? And then so you become lazy and then the whole culture becomes lazy. So um, a quote that a friend of mine said one day is, they said, sometimes you've got to slaughter a lamb in order to feed the tribe. (laughs) And it's true. If you don't get rid of that person in the business, not only, I mean, you think it's hard firing that one person who's not performing or who's underperforming. If they keep going and the business gets worse, Imagine going to work every day and saying to every employee, the good ones saying to them, "I unfortunately don't have a job because we've got no money. Because that one person did a shit job and they kept doing a shit job and we all lowered our standards and then when we lowered our standards, now we can't, we don't have a business anymore. So when I realized that, having to fire staff is never fun. But I think when I pointed out to them, like I had to fire someone early this year, I let go of them. And when I let go of them, I said, look, how, do you, how are you performing? And they said, oh, I think I'm doing okay. And I said, do you think that being, doing okay is really what you love to do like do you love doing this and is this the thing that you're driven to and do you think that you're great at it and they said oh, I think I'm okay at it and I said but is okay enough and they said well I not really and I said would you? do you think that you'd be better off going somewhere else and learning the skill set that you feel like you're lacking in a little bit because I can't give you the training and everything that you need because we're a small business I can't invest a lot of time in training you have to be good on your feet straight away because if not the small business is going to dry up And he said, you know, well, yeah, I think so. And I said, look, I honestly think that you've got a good talent and you are driven to do that job, but in a way you just don't have the skill set yet in order to give us the value that we need in order for the business to keep growing. And I think that in all honesty, I think it would be better for you to go and work somewhere else because... You're going to get training and I think that it needs to be a bigger organization. Don't go for a small business again. And I said, I'm happy to give you, you know, uh, um, I'm, I'm happy to be a referee, but I just think that it's time that you go somewhere else because I'm not getting the value that I want and I don't think that you're getting the value that you deserve. And that person said, okay. And then, you know, down the track, they told me, well, I heard people saying that, you know, I fucking rip people off and all this sort of stuff, but that's because they don't know how to deal with being... They've, Some people, when they get, they they feel like in that conversation, they're being rejected as a person. They're not being rejected. It's, you know, I'm not rejecting him as a person. I'm just saying that at the moment, based on where we're going, we've got two different directions. And for my business, we've got a growing business and I love what I do. I don't take take good or average as good enough. Okay. I want to be great and I want people in my business to believe that we're great. And if they don't believe that we're great and offer great quality service and everything like that, then there's no way that we can be great and and get out there and do what we do well. So, um, you know, I think that if someone does okay at their job, they're probably not the right people for our business. And I know that sometimes our staff have to work overtime. They've got to work weekends and things like that. And I let them know in the job interview. Right now, when I interview staff, I have to say to them, are you prepared to work 24 hours a day, seven days a week if we need you? Because if not, and you can't do that, we run an events company that we run, sometimes we run seven-day events and those seven-day events means that you've got to be there seven days. Now, there's other times where you can take a couple of days off after that and catch up on family time and all that, but I need you there for seven days. You don't get to pick and choose. That's what we do. Um, We have national tours and those national tours can run for a month. I can be on the road for a whole month. I can be on the road for six weeks. If you're part of my team and you're coming on that tour, you're there for 6 weeks. If you if your family rely on you and you've got young kids and things like that, probably that job role isn't right for you. Okay? It looks good from the outside, but when the shit hits the fan, that's what it takes. And so I'm honest with them and sometimes people go, "Yep, no, I'm 100% prepared," and a month later they go, "You know what? It's not really what I expected." And I go, whoa, fuck, I told you." So, you know, I think all of those things are challenging in business consistently. Cash flow is is challenging. The fact that businesses either grow or they die, they expand or they contract. So do you want a growing business or do you want a dying business? <laughs> because you don't get a comfortable business. It's either growing or it's dying. It's that simple. So if you're not growing and consistently pushing yourself to expand as a company or as a business, you're getting to a place where you're becoming complacent. And when you become complacent, things start to die off. So, you know, if you just if you just want to do your job every day, then either become stay self-employed or work for someone else to take that, that shit on board. But the reason why business owners tend to make good money after like 10 or 15 years is because they put their nuts on the line. Or actually, I shouldn't say nuts because there are and lots of women nuts. who do that as well. But yeah, but you've, you've got to put a lot of shit on the line. Like, I've given up, I've got niece and nephews who I adore. And I've, I've missed out of uh, Jordan just turned six. Um, I've missed almost every birthday. Uh, sorry, I've been to two of his birthdays. And I was at, when he was born, I was there as well. Um, and I love those kids but I have to make a choice. And I go, do I give up this stuff here in order to be there more for them? Or do I just show them what an inspiring life looks like, which is what I love. And I think the greatest gift that I can give those kids is to show them how to live a life that you love. That's it, that's what my perception is. And some people who have a high value of family will come back and say, that's bad. You need to spend more time with your family. But that's not what I perceive. I perceive that if I'm inspired, I can inspire them to be great. And I just wanna be great and I want them to be great. So I wanna show them what it looks like. so, you, there's a lot of sacrifice. You know, not only the money. money's a sacrifice. But at the same time, if you're smart, you end up being rewarded for it later down the track. A lot of people see the reward and they see the nice car and the nice house, but they don't realize the sleepless nights and the, you know, 60-hour weeks and that 60 to 100-hour weeks don't... It's not a week. It's not a month. We're talking like fucking 10 years. <laughs> okay? Um, yeah.
0: So... The thing you and you were talking about this today is if someone came uh, came in the class or whatever with a coffee and you're like, oh, how's the coffee? And yeah, it's good. Like, what does good actually mean? It's like, oh, it's not shit, right? Yep. But if you came in with a coffee, like, oh my God, this coffee is the best coffee ever. They were, talk, they were telling me it's from this like South America and like, then you want to go and check out the coffee place. Mm. So being good, isn't good enough. You need to be like great or extraordinary, which is what I love. And that's why it's so important to do something that you actually really love and that aligns with your values because people will see that you're extraordinary at that small, specific thing that you do. And I, I think it's Tim Ferriss or, or s- some marketing or podcast or some guy. They, they talk about someone whose niche or whatever it is like. Um, hiring out midgets on like boat parties or something it's like so niche but it's like maybe that person loves midgets and organizing them to get on boats or something if that's what you love then be the top five percent of that industry yeah yeah i love it i would have never thought of that as a a business option but you know who might have project my values (laughs) onto someone else (laughs) i wonder what that
1: person's values are totally like who would have thought that you know who would have thought a hundred years ago that if you cut A flower that grows naturally on the ground and you put that in a piece of paper that you can make money out of it but that's called a florist right so they're there because someone one day said I think that this is valuable to someone you know if we look at everything like I just see the world as being a value exchange you know from the plastic keys on that board someone had to make that now that's that's money there you know this little thing here that's money your shirt is money that little plastic band is money the watch band is money the the um, cotton on the watch band is money. So not only is there money in the band, someone actually having to make and put the band together, but there's a cotton on the band that someone else had to produce. There's a farmer there; they turn that into a cotton wool. You know, there's, there's just that's the way that the world works. It's just it's everywhere, like it's flowing. It's like fucking oxygen. It just it's there. Yeah. So then the question is, how do we how do we tap into that to make sure that we can keep growing the life that we want to grow, and so that we can keep living a mission and serving a purpose to what we love to do. Um, and that's really what it comes down to Uh, it's really simple you can do anything okay whether it's you know some people there was there was um, something we were watching and they said imagine the dude it was a comedy show and they said imagine the dude that created the sticks out of lollipops and imagine if they owned (laughs) a patent imagine if they owned the patent on the stick in the lollipop (laughs) and for every lollipop that was ever created they had to get paid a royalty of one cent. How much is that guy worth? Oh my Lord. <laughs> think about it. Right. That was just a guy that said, I think that we could put some sugar on a stick. Right. And, and that's, that could be painted. You know, I mean, it, a great example of this was, um, uh, oh, I keep thinking Edison, but it's not Edison. Um, pardon?
0: Tesla.
1: Tesla. So Tesla saw electricity, which um, I guess Edison had sort of created if you watch his documentary, and he realized that direct current used to need big, thick wires in order to travel, and it couldn't travel long distances. So he created the idea that we could create electricity that could go over a a long distance. And so he created alternating current, which is what we use right now. Now, originally, the contract was that he got paid for every kilowatt produced. Oh, my Lord. He would have been the world's first trillionaire had he kept that contract. But what happened was he was an inventor and he said, this is for the world and he gave up his patent for it. And then he ended up dying poor. But imagine creating the electricity that we use now and for every, every time someone uses a kilowatt of power and I mean, like you're pumping through power every day and imagine like the whole world. Wow. That's, that's incredible. So, you know, it's possible and, and he was an inventor. But we're all inventing stuff. It just depends in what area. You're an inventor of health. You know, I'm an inventor of mindset and life mastery. So oh, really, mine's about helping people to create a kick-ass life. Um, so we're all inventing our life, but some people, they don't believe it. So they, they just take what they get instead of saying, you know, what? I can create whatever I want in the world, but what's important to me to create and, and building that map and so on.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. all there. Yeah. Yeah kind of changing direction now because you've obviously you know um had a lot of mentors a lot of coaches been to a lot of courses things like that um spoken to a lot of people uh what if you could have a lunch with three people dead or alive who would that be
1: uh i think tesla would definitely be a great person to have lunch with um I don't know. It's hard because there's a lot of amazing people who I study their stuff. Like I think uh, having lunch with someone like Warren Buffett would be fantastic as well while he's still alive. And, you know, that's something that I would love to do in the next couple of years is just go and see him or meet him. Because I think that, uh, you know, I'd love to go to the Berkshire Hathaway uh, annual conference. Um, Do you know what? It's hard to say because I meet some of the most extraordinary people from all walks of life. It's just... I meet lots of extraordinary people and some of them don't even know that they're extraordinary. It's just like someone will tell me a story about what they've gone through and I've gone, wow, that's pretty wild. Mm. Um, it's just, it's. I mean, you've met some of the people who come to my events and some of them do some crazy shit and yeah. you just go, whoa, that is amazing. Um, you know, yeah, we get some world performers coming to our events and you wouldn't even know they're just normal people. They wear tracksuit pants and a t-shirt. Like, it's cool. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I don't really get excited about, these days, I don't really get excited about meeting People. There are people that I would like to meet, but, you know, I don't know. Like who? Well, I think Bill Gates would be amazing to find out his story. I think Buffett would be amazing to find out his story. I think, um, you know, there are people like uh, Tesla, but there's so many other people as well. I think Elon Musk would be a great example. I would love to sit down and even just chat with someone like Donald Trump about the way that he thinks, like whether he's a great leader or not a great leader or whatever your perception is. You know, in order to be a president of one of the most powerful countries in the world, I just want to know like what got him to that point. Like I'm fascinated not by whether they're good people, or bad people, whatever the perception is. I'm just interested in what their story is. And so I think for someone who's done what he's done, I think that that's a pretty amazing story. And I just want to find out like what's the, I'm always looking for what common patterns are for success. So what are the key things in his life that got him to there? Good or bad? Like I just want to learn. Um, Because I think, uh, Tony Robbins said it, success leaves clues. Mm. But I think the extraordinary, any, anyone who, who reaches a high level is doing something extraordinary. How do they do that? I want to find out what those patterns are. There's a whole bunch of other shit that goes on and you can make assumptions whether someone's good or someone's bad. But the thing is that they reach that top pinnacle of whatever they're doing. And whether you believe in his policies or not, he reached the pinnacle of being the US president. He's going to go down in history being remembered <laughs> yeah. for something, whether it's good or bad. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's, to me, that that's still awesome. You know, Barack Obama uh, again. Um, I there's just so many people. Like, I would love to go and meet. If you put the Fortune 500 companies, the top, the most 500 successful companies, I'd love to meet every founder of that company. That's so cool. Because they're all doing something that created the top 500 company in the world. That's extraordinary. And imagine the top 10. Wow. You know, that's extraordinary. I want to meet the top CEOs, the top sports people, the athletes, because they're in the top 10 centers. And again, they leave clues and I love finding out those clues. Like I've met a lot of amazing people and I've been lucky enough to build a friendship network of extraordinary people. Now, I remember one of the guys who comes to our event, Christian Smith, I'm sitting at our house and I had some of my mates around to watch UFC. And I didn't think about it because these people were just friends. They're just normal people. Like, They just want to be treated like normal. Now they might put on a suit and tie and run a billion dollar corporation, but they're just a normal person. They just want to have mates, they want to talk a bit of shit, they want to drink a bit of beer, they want to eat a pizza, they, you know, they want to fart and you know, (laughs) they're just normal people. But as a perception in our society, we we think that they're different. And I remember Christian sitting there and I'm watching it was a Conor McGregor fight. And, you know, they're all sitting there and they're like, I'm going to bet five bucks that they're going to like not, not touch gloves and that. And they're like, I'll bet a fiver on that. Like I I'm on your side. And then someone else is going, I'm going to bet a five that they're not, they, you know, not going to touch. And they're all betting and stuff. I'm and reading pizza and one of my mates owns a winery. So he bought a crate of wine and they're all fucking smashed. And anyway, Christian turns to me and he goes, I always knew I'd be in a house like this or in a, in a room full of people like this. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, so we had the, Ex head of Air Asia, the two IC of Air Asia, so he ran Air Asia under Tony Fernandez. He had, I think, three and a half thousand staff. There was another guy who's the world's best business strategist sitting there. One of my clients who, at any point in time, depending, he can have a half a billion dollar to an almost billion dollar property development company. Another guy who owns a winery, and all of them are under the age of forty. Okay, under the age of forty, and you know I'm sitting there doing my thing as well. And to me, they're just mates, like to me they're just dudes one of the guy who runs the property development company we had him around for New Year's one night and I said look you know the fire bucket's out the back can you go light the fire I came back (laughs) and my lawn's on fire fucking (laughs) planes flying everywhere said oh I just sort of throw the whole bag on and crank it up I was like dude that's all I would for the whole night like that's done you know I've got this big it looks like you know UFOs landed on our backyard because there's a big burn patch that's there for six months because he's just a dude, he's just a real person, right? And, you know, every now and again, me and him will get in, you know, wrestles on the ground and shit, like we'll spear tackle each other. But when he goes to work during the day, like he's the head of a big yeah. company, that's just, he's just a normal person. And that's the way that I see people. Like, I don't see anyone as being bad, I don't see anyone as being great. I don't see any, like, there are things that make them great as people, but everyone has it. What I love finding out is how do I get that out of you and make it better? So you don't think that the guy who's the ex-head of Asia wants to be better? Of course he does. So I figure out how I can help him to get that. That's it. I get the mum who comes to my event who says, you know what? I've lost everything. Like I lost my house. I've, I just want to, I, 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 I know where I want to go. I've got the determination, I'm prepared to work for it. I'll do whatever it takes. And I go, cool, you're my client, let's go. And I'll help them to get there. And that's why we have such an extraordinary group of people. But at the same time, when someone comes to me and they go, you know what, I just want, I just want to be happy and. I just want an easy life. I'm like, oh, I'm not your guy. I'm not your guy. You got to have a big dream and a big goal in order to even get in my vans. And then secondly, you better be ready to work for it. Because if you're not ready to work for it, you're already out of the game. Okay, so you want an easy life, you're out of the game. You want, you want a comfortable life, you're out of the game. You want to take on challenges that make you comfortable. By me working hard, I have a comfortable life, but at the same time, my life's fucking hard. What do you want? Do you want a hard life because you're comfortable or do you want a comfortable life because you work hard? what do you want same thing they're both there okay
0: so you've extracted the um, the clue of what made them successful like what have you applied to your life and to make yourself more successful well I guess success is in the eye of the beholder because what I
1: think is successful may not be successful to somebody else although these days I look at the general assumption of what success is and to me success is being fulfilled in whatever you do Um, my sister is extremely successful and her highest value is her family and to me I think she's probably one of the most extraordinary people that I met because she's an amazing mother if, she's, if you're going to be a mum be a fucking great one and, and not, all mom, not all people who have kids really want to be a mother or a father so it doesn't mean that they have to be great at that but then show the kids what greatness looks like and that could be that they want to be a great entrepreneur but they've had kids so then, be a great entrepreneur and show them what greatness looks like, so the kids can follow that path in their own way, and they'll follow their their own path. Now, those kids are going going to grow up and probably say, you know, mum or dad wasn't around enough and blah, blah blah. But that's also part of their journey. My mum used to put a shitload of pressure. My parents, mum especially, used to put a lot of pressure on me to do well at school and all that stuff, and I felt like I disappointed her. But now my mum's one of the proudest people. You know, my, I go a week without, you know, my mum without talking to my mum. My mum will be on the phone calling me, "How's your week going?" You know, and she goes around and tells everyone what to do. I used to think though that I was unsuccessful and I disappointed my mum. When what I realised is I had to go through all that stuff in order to be driven to achieve what I have. So, success is in the eye of the beholder. But to me, I guess some of the key principles are just there are ways to grow. And if we look at ways to grow, there's things that allow or enhance experiences. If you want to make more money, money amplifies everything. So money amplifies your stress, but it also amplifies your fulfillment. It can. If you're stressed out about money and you think that money's going to solve your stress issues, it's just going to amplify it. If you want to be irresponsible with money and spend all your money, then you you can win the lotto. And guess what you're going to do? You're going to spend all your money and have no money again. So when I look at that, there are ways of making money which also allow us to amplify our values. One of them is knowledge. The more you grow your knowledge, the more potential you have to have more amounts of wealth and to live your values. So if you have a high value on being a mother and you learn more and read more about it, and also you've got wealth creation which then allows you to expand your value of family um, by, by having more holidays or spending more time with them, or so on, then you're gonna be a better mother because you've got more knowledge. Okay. So knowledge helps to amplify as well. Um, And that's in every value as a business owner. If you're a business owner, there are some business owners out there that go, I don't give a fuck. I don't want to learn, but they're learning on their feet, but they might be completely irresponsible in their family dynamic and so on and not want to learn. And unless someone else catches them and says, you know, if you don't look after that area, it's going to dissolve because it's contracting. They will think that business and money is important until they get home one night and the, there's nothing in their house. And they go, where's my wife and where's my kids? And their wife goes, i have never seen you again, you piece of shit. And you'll never see your kids because you're never <laughs> home. And so they become ignorant and they think that they don't have to learn to master other areas. And they think that they're successful until now they've just gone through a divorce and they've lost half of everything that they think that they're successful in, which is their money and their wealth and their business. So some people are completely ignorant like that, but Um, knowledge has a way of expanding wealth, okay? It has a way of expanding success. It amplifies. So knowledge is important. Networks are important. I have people who come to my events and they go, oh, well, you know, I've got all these friends, but I don't make money out of them. And I go, well, are they really friends? Well, you can't make money out of your friends, why not? Do your friends believe in what you do? Yes. Well, do you ever ever ask them for referrals or, or do they talk about you with other people? No, I don't know. Well, do they believe in you? Yeah, well, then why aren't they talking? Why aren't they talking? I talk about most of my friends' businesses run off most of my referrals. So one of my friends has a company and he's a business strategist. I reckon I've probably referred half, I won't say half, but I'm their number one referral network because I believe in what he does. And someone comes to me and says, "My business has gone shit," and I go, "Okay, is it a mindset problem, which I'll take care of, or is it a strategy problem, which I've got, I've got the right person? I'll set you guys up, talk, have a coffee. If you don't like each other, don't do business. If you think that you can help each other, then do business." And he thinks the same way, so <coughs> I build, I, I help my friends build that. The chiropractor that I go to, I refer half of. I reckon our events people—they go, oh, I ought to fuck back. Go see my mate because he believes in what he does. He's great at what he does. I don't want to hang around people. If I if I had a Cairo and I went to the Cairo and I go, I think they're good. They're not fucking good, okay. If you go to a Cairo and you go, my Cairo helps me so much, then tell people about it, okay. Tell people. So if you surround yourself with extraordinary people, those extraordinary people doing extraordinary things, and you believe in what they do, and they believe in what you do, because you're extraordinary as well. So I have people, my networks refer people to me. People go to my car and, and they end up at my events. And I go, how'd you get here? And they go, well, the chiropractor told me about it because it's gone through some stuff and I think you can help. Cool, that's a network. I think great friends do that. Shitty friends don't do that because shitty friends, you've normally got shitty friends because you're a shitty friend too. <laughs> so true, if not expand your network. Show them how valuable you are as a friend and let them show you how valuable they are as a friend and both appreciate and respect what each other does because you're both driven to be great at something. Um, So networks are extremely valuable to growth and you can learn lots from your networks because if they're driven, you'll learn in all areas of life, you'll have life mastery. Um, And not all my friends are business owners, okay? I've got friends who are amazing at health, but that's what I love about them is they're amazing at health. Some of my friends are amazing parents, and that's what I love about them is that they're great parents and they teach me how to interact with people better because when their kids come to them and their kids have just destroyed a whole bunch of shit, I sit there and go, fuck, how are they going to do with that? And they calm down and they talk to them and I go, wow, that's really cool. Like, that's a really cool way of communicating and interacting. I could use that with my staff. Mm-hmm. So, you've got knowledge. You've got wealth is a good way of expanding. You've got networks is a great way of expanding. Um, I mean, there's there's lots of ways to expand. I mean, there, there's lots of ways. Um the ability to talk and communicate effectively is a great way of of expanding your own life in all areas. So most people don't think about their communication skills as being a way of expanding their wealth. But if you can't communicate, you're going to be a shit leader. And if you're a shit leader, you're not going to be able to lead people. And if you can't lead people, you're never going to, you know, leaders make more money. Okay. So there's a whole, there's a whole bunch of different ways that we can keep
0: expanding throughout our life. But, you know, they, they will just amplify things. Okay. Um if you had to put that or one one clue or one person like what started it all that you were like you saw that was it knowledge networks wealth communication that like because I come to see you and I'm like just the way you communicate I think that like holy shit I need to get better at communicating yeah like that's what I'm going to work on mm-hmm. what when you got into it what was the thing that you're like wow <coughs> that's what I want to do that's the clue that's does that make sense? Uh,
1: I think you've got to be smart enough to look at your own life. So if you know that if you know that you've got issues and something like communication is stopping you from growing as a person, then you need to be you need to be honest with yourself enough to ask the right questions to say, what could I do to help me to expand in a certain way? It's just metacognition. It's it's understanding why you do what you do. It's really all it
0: is. Yep. What about for you though, like when you started mm-hmm. uh, getting into this stuff, what you love and you're like, you look at, cause I know you did some like Tony Robbins stuff. Yep. What inspired you about Tony Robbins? What was his trait? Well, at the start of it, right. I, I guess when I originally started,
1: um, you know, I, I think at a, there's always a point in time and in that point in time, there's a the right tool for the right job. <laughs> Saying that one thing is going to solve your life for the rest of your life yeah. is a wrong tool, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, back at that time, I had no idea what motivation looked like. I even I had no idea what gratitude looked like. I was demotivated. I was stressed out. Fucking hated life. And so for me, it started a journey. And that journey, I think over time, I got to a point where I went, you know what? I'm going to go to his events. And so I started learning from him. But then I got to a point where I went, hang on, this is also limiting me now. And it's time to move on. And so I moved on to to something different because there were, I started realizing that the more I craved motivation, the more demotivated I became. So I would go through stages where I'd get all hyperactive and I'm gonna achieve everything and do everything. And then after a while I went, fuck, I'm demotivated again. I hate myself and why can't I be motivated all the time? And I went, shit, there's gotta be an answer. And so I searched for another answer. Um, And so over time, I guess I've just searched for different answers. When things stop working, I just search for a different answer because I've got to develop the tools that are unique to my life and suit my life. I don't become reliant on one coach or one mentor or anything like that. In fact, I've outgrown most of my mentors over the years. Um, And I had a mentor who he was extraordinary for like six months. And within six months, I'd outgrown him. And he was way ahead in what he was doing um, in uh, in this industry. And then he tried to hold me back and I, I was just like, look, man, I'm doing my fucking thing. Like I'm just gonna do my thing. Um, I don't know whether he still criticized me or not or whatever, but I just outgrown because my values dictated that I was more driven to learn and grow than what he was. He's more driven in the area of wealth creation. I'm more driven in the area of knowledge. So I learned what I had to learn in order to get ahead with my wealth. But then at the same time, I went, I'm outgrowing this guy with knowledge. And I think that if I just keep focusing on my knowledge, eventually I'll outgrow him probably financially as well. So I'm just going to do what's right by me. And so I just kept going. Um, and over the years, I've always looked for mentors. I, I well, Since the age of 21, I just realized that I don't have the answers. I have some answers. And what I do know is the more that I don't know, the more I look for answers and the more answers I have, the more I don't know. Okay, because like right now I spend time studying quantum physics and cosmology and you know chemistry and all that sort of stuff. And people go, why do you study that stuff? Because the human body is related to all those sciences. So I want to learn more about it. So I go and study them. Um, yeah, and then I go I, after a while. I go, you know, I sort of understand a principle, and then I read something else, and I go, holy shit, I know nothing about that. And it unlocks a whole new trapdoor. And the more I know, the dumber I feel which is crazy yeah yeah okay the more i know the dumber i feel when i get a lot of people come up to me and go man you know a lot and i go there's a lot <laughs> more to learn my friend like i feel just as dumb as you we're just at different levels like it's different things and there's things that they know that i don't know you know i'm i'm a mechanic by trade but you know these days there are pff, i wouldn't know how to fix a car like i haven't i haven't touched a fucking car in 15 years okay these days i just taken the a mechanic say fix it okay that's it really um So, yeah, I think it's just looking for where your gaps are. Just be aware of your gaps. What do I want? What's the gaps? What are the obstacles? How do I overcome them? Let's go again. And the good thing about mentors, right, is that – and this is why I use them. You know, I said to my mindset coach only recently. um, So, I I also have a a mindset coach or – not a coach, a mentor. And that mentor, I also mentor. So, we work with each other. That's cool. Now, when we do that, one of the things that I said to them was – I said, look, we both need to understand that we don't need each other. I don't need you. You don't need me. But here's what's going to happen is when I come to you and say, look, all this shit's fucking up in my life. What do I do? You go, here's a problem. I go, shit, I didn't see that. Now we can see other people's problems faster than we can see our own. So why wouldn't I use that person to say, hey, look, I'm going through all this chaos and all this shit. What do you think? And when you take out the emotions, they go, well, it's just that. And you go, fuck, I didn't see it that way. And then they explain it to you in the right way. And you've got the tools to, to do what you need to do. But at the same time, they just saved you a month. Now, why wouldn't I use... Why would I be ignorant enough to think that I could waste a month and not use their help to get it done in five minutes? The same as my personal trainer. I've got three different personal trainers that I use depending on what I'm trying to achieve. And I don't use them because I don't know what to do. In fact, some of the... Some, Most of the trainers, I know more than in the area of health. But what happens is I'll be squatting or something and they go, hang on, do you know that your hip hinge that way and you're taking more pressure on your right leg? Do you have an imbalance in your foot? I can't fucking see that when I'm squatting. So that's why I utilize them to see the things that I can't see and to give me advice on how to do that. Other times, you know, I can see it in other people. I just can't see it in myself. So I use them to get the speed and the implementation that I need to achieve the things that I want in my life. But most people go, oh, I'll figure it out myself. Well, that's great. Enjoy the next year. Why we'll you try and figure it out? Or I can point it out in five minutes. What do you want? <laughs> okay. And, and that's really what it comes down to. Like I don't get paid what I get paid now because I'm not worth it. I get paid what I get paid now. And I'm probably one of the highest paid coaches in this country at the moment. But I get paid what I get paid when someone hires me as a one-on-one coach. The reason why I get paid is because I speed up the results. If you're the head of a CEO, if you're a head CEO of a company and you're about to lose a lot of money. Is it possible that I could, that you pay me a good wage that I could probably save you a lot of money and a lot of time. And so I had, I was working with a investment, uh, an investor years ago and we did a whole first year of coaching. After the first year of coaching, um, they came back in after the year of coaching had finished and they gave me a check. And I said, what's the check for? And they said, well, we need another year. And I said, what do you mean? You know, you know what I know? Like I've taught you what, I, I've given you what I can. And they said, that's not because I need your help. It's an insurance policy that when I need you, you're there. And they said, Michael, if I'm emotional and I make the wrong trade, what do you reckon that costs me? I said, a lot. And they said, exactly. That's my insurance policy to make sure that I don't do that. I went, I get it now. Okay. That's it. That's how intelligent people think. Whereas most people go, I'll figure it all out myself. I won't fuck it up. And then they fuck up their life and then they go, well, I don't know what to do well what have you tried oh I don't know I worked with one I asked one person a question and they don't know what to do either and so I don't know well I'll keep going until I figure it out okay there's always someone who can help there's always someone who knows more okay and if not when you get to a point where you know a lot there'll be people who specialize and they'll they'll be that person
0: okay so I have a lot of specialists now who work around me okay okay yeah that's a good answer Mm. because The way I see it, and I just realised myself when I see other successful people in whatever industry it is, they've invested a million dollars in their education. I'm like, why am I not spending as much as I can in my education? Because that's how you get better. You just learn, but you gotta. You can't just go to a course and expect to learn it. You have to apply it all, which is what I love about your work. Is like you make people. You have to do your own shit. Like you're not a magic fixer-upper well I tell people right so I want to get bigger muscles and I go to a personal trainer and I go lift
1: the weights (laughs) what's going to happen but most people do that with fucking coaches business coaches with life coaches with psychologists they go in there and they go I don't want to do any work I just want you to make me feel better yeah okay well here's a pizza and here's some alcohol some drugs there you go that's a great (laughs) that's a great way of feeling better but how long does that last until it doesn't feel better anymore okay I don't I don't want to give a short-term solution I want to give a long-term solution and that is do the fucking work when you walk into the gym and you start training you're scared shitless and you keep putting in the hours in two years time you look at the mirror and you go I'm looking good
0: <laughs> you can't you
1: can't give that to a person you can't give it to a person they have to earn it it's earned and so when people come to my events I'm not here to make people feel good I'm here to help them to do the work so that the one day they look in the mirror and they go you know what I'm fucking worth it I'm here because I'm born and I've got a purpose, I've got values, I've got a mission and I'm living the life that I love and this is, this is what I do. I'm not elated about it, I'm not excited about it. I don't need motivating all the time. I just wake up, I do what I love and I go to bed. That's it. That's a different life. you know. But a lot of people expect that they're gonna to go to a motivation event, they're gonna jump up and down and get all excited and then, you know, cause I need to go to the event to get, to feel motivated. Well, if you've gotta to go to an event to get motivated, you're already fucked. Yeah. Okay. Because you need to have better strategies in order to motivate yourself consistently. Um, and a lot of people need, need that stuff. They're addicted to it. I don't, that's why don't, my events aren't hyperactive because I want to give tools that last a lifetime. I don't want to give tools that last five minutes. And most people, the higher you go up, the higher the harder you crash, just like a drug. You go up, you go down. Okay. You don't have a come down without a high. Now, most people go to motivation events because they want to high, but don't realize that their come down in three weeks is directly proportional to the high that they had at the event. They don't get it because they're different time frames, they're time scales. Okay? If you have a really awesome experience in your life for an extended period of time, after a while you can go through a really depressive experience for an extended period of time while you balance yourself back out again. They're directly correlated. But most people think that because it's on a different day or a different week or a different month, they're not related. But if you start tracking, you realize that they're related, they're proportional to each other. Okay, so
0: you know you gotta do the work. It's got to <laughs> yeah. do the work, okay? Mm. That's awesome to end on. And I think, and you said this um, before, I think it was this event, but it's like, do you want health for a week or do you want health for a life? Mm. And you know, replace health with whatever you want. Do you want money for a week? Do you want money for life? Um, thanks so much for your time. Where can they find you?
1: so uh facebook the mojo master coach you can check out the facebook page uh give a like or if you hate if you hate what i'm supposed to (laughs) send me a hate mail uh, i'll read it um or if not just send me a message and say hi and what you enjoyed and what you took out of it like i appreciate people you know letting me know what what they took away and things like that it keeps me inspired to keep doing what i do as well and things like this so um you know jump on there say hi send me a message um the other way that you can do it is hop on Instagram, mojo underscore master on Instagram. Uh, you can check out the website, which is www.themojomaster.com.au. We've got events. We normally have tours and stuff like that. If you want to come along and check out what we do. Um, yeah, there's, I mean, if you just go to Google and type in the Mojo Master. You, you got our events
0: account. coming up like in a couple of months, don't you?
1: So we've got a national tour coming up in October. Um, we've got the power hours, which I'm going to spend two and a half to three hours going through some key tips and tools to make sure that you stay empowered. Um, to say that you can keep performing at a higher level without having the peaks and troughs and so on because there's certain strategies and structures that driven people do that other people don't. Um, and so power hours is gonna be really cool, that's at nighttime. And then during the day um, in those places or those locations, we've also got uh, an entrepreneur and business summit as well, business leader summit, where we're gonna be working with entrepreneurs, business leaders and also uh, managers in certain businesses because there are certain strategies that you need to understand based on some of the, the psychological sciences, the neurosciences and things like that, that most people aren't being taught about how to drive a business forward. And I find that there's a massive gap in the market because the human behavior element to people is normally I don't know. It, it's it doesn't really work that effectively. And, you know, one of the biggest comments that I have from HR departments is, you know, people are the biggest challenge. Managers, people are the biggest challenge. Um, And then if you're an entrepreneur and a a business leader, you've got to deal with the stresses and the frustrations and the pressures and all that stuff. It's all the psychological element that stops businesses from uh, growing or that also slows them down. Um, And the other thing is how do you deal with those slowdowns or those contractions as a business owner, as a business leader um, or in your management team? So, you know, there's lots of stuff that there are huge gaps in the market and I just wanted to get out there and share some of this stuff with people. So, um, you know, you can come to the daytime event, you can come to the nighttime event, you can do both. Um, during the day uh, the whole the whole daytime event so it's from 10 a.m until 4 p.m uh, that event the the business and entrepreneurs summit uh, at the moment tickets are on sale for 47 bucks and the nighttime one is 27 bucks wow so I just want to get some of this stuff out to, to other people because look if I give away good value hopefully people are intelligent enough to realize that you know they can learn a shitload more from me um, and because of that that's what's helped me that's I guess what helps me do what I love which is getting in depth into this content and, yeah. and really helping <laughs> them to thrive
0: yeah. so yeah amazing man thanks thank so you. much for your time yeah let us know what you liked what you didn't like and we'll try to give you more info and yeah plenty more mojo stuff to come uh, on his page and mine so be on the lookout for that and uh, we'll see you guys next time thanks for listening awesome mate thank you very much thanks. appreciate it my pleasure <laughs>